0: Hi, it's me again, and Rishi Sunak has delayed the ban on petrol and diesel cars that were supposed to come in in 2030, back to 2035. Seems to have done us a bit of a favour, but has he done it for that reason? Or has he done it for political reasons? Or has he done it just because we're just not ready yet? I don't know, I thought we could have a bit of a talk about it. I've got a few parts of this I want to talk about with the electric cars, because I've genuinely been looking at them. And the problem with talking about this is there are electric car evangelists out there. And they're going to tear me a new one for some of the mistakes I'm bound to make in this video and some of the things I'm probably going to say in this video. But you've got to remember, I'm looking at this from a layman's point of view. I'm a bit of a car guy. I've had petrol cars all my life. I've had loads of different cars. And I'm looking at this like how could I implement an electric car in my life if I, if I had to. And I know for some people it suits them perfectly. You know, I've got some friends with electric cars. I've got a few friends with Tesla Model 3s. Suits their life perfectly. Good for them. But it doesn't suit everybody's, does it? That's the problem. But yeah, it says here, look. The PM's decision to stall the net zero ban on selling new petrol cars has seen him catch up eight points in the polls. It has cut the Labour lead to 16 percentage points, down from just 24, 10 days earlier. So it is possible it was just a political a political move. So what does that mean? It says here on Auto Express, all new petrol and diesel powered cars and vans are set to be banned from sale in the UK in twenty thirty five now following a government move to postpone the measure. This brings us in line with Europe, which I believe is twenty thirty-five. But it says here although the UK has yet to publish details of how the twenty thirty five ban will work, it is unlikely to differ much from the EU's plan to to do similar. So, yeah, we've got a couple more years yet. And I do a lot of road trips. I drive up and down the country. I drive across Europe regularly and that. And uh, last Easter, I went to do the NC500 in my petrol car. So I stopped at a lot of services to get fuel or a coffee or have a wee, whatever. And I made a point of driving round where the electric car chargers are. And granted, all right, it was Easter weekend. It was carnage absolute carnage trying to get a charge. I mean, when you pull into a petrol station and it's busy, it does ag you out. It does ag you out. But you know you've only got like a 10, 15 minute wait even if it's really busy to get on the pump. What if you're third in line for a charger? They're all going to be on there for at least an hour each. How does that work? And the one thing around that, one of the things I noticed on a friend tagged me in it, one of my Tesla owning friends tagged me in it because he's quite cross about it. The reason he bought a Tesla Model 3 was for the charging network, which is reason enough to buy it. It's an excellent charging network. Tesla did good with that. It's fast. There's many of them. You can always get on one, apparently. But not anymore, because now they've opened the Tesla charging network up to other cars who are hogging all the chargers. And it doesn't always tell you there's free charge. or some are, where the, the Tesla charging stations are designed for Tesla cars. So the cable's only long enough to reach the back of the Tesla, where the charging ports are on all Tesla cars. But some other cars that are using it, like MGs and stuff, have to park in a weird way, blocking maybe an extra port. So Tesla owners are driving down the motorway, need a bit of charge. They see there's an empty one there on their screen. They go there, but they can't get plugged into it because they're blocked in. Tesla owners are quite cross about the whole thing. And to be honest, I would as well. The only reason I would buy a Tesla was for the charging network. But that bonus has been taken away from you now, hasn't it? So I'm trying to think how I could implement, that's what the base of this video is going to be, I'm trying to think how I could implement an electric car into my life at the minute. So I live in a block of flats. I'm on the second floor, it's quite a big block, and there's about 30 parking spaces around the back. Which I can't even see my car if I look out the window, so I couldn't run a cable out. I had a look on YouTube, there's a few electricians out that that specialise in this sort of thing. And what we found out was some advice that I got on here. Blocks of flats and apartments higher than two storeys run by a management company representing a freeholder where there is a fuse box supplying electrics for communal areas. So we've got all of that. So they'd have to wire it all in. And they reckon it could cost somewhere between £500 and £1,000 per bay to fit in to our communal car park. There's a government grant which gives either £350 or 75% off the cost, but I don't know if that's for the flats one. It's around that you do. There's a discount. They're going to give you some money off, or the government's going to pay some of the money. So there's 30 spaces here. Let's say it costs the thousand to put in. That's 30 grand. All right, you can lose. Let's say you lose half of that on the grant. It's still 15,000 pounds. Who pays for that? You know, it's going to be us, the owners of the property, right? How, how are we going to persuade every tenant in these flats, or the owners of the landlords, whatever, to pay 500 quid to fit in an electric charging point just so I can have an electric car? So not just going to fit one in. If you're doing it, you've got to do it, right? And you need to get the freeholder's permission, and the freeholder puts it to a vote with us, the tenants, for anything they need to do. He'll get knocked back. So I ain't getting a charging point. But let's say it didn't get knocked back, and it got fitted. Who's paying for that? It has to be the tenant's. The freeholder's not going to pay for that, because even if they did, it would just put our service charge up next year to recoup their money. So we'd be paying for that. So let's say it's going to cost me £500 to £1,000 to have a charger. What if I don't want a charger at home? Well, I was driving around the other day, and I stumbled across this place. Braintree Electric Forecourt, part of GridServe. Big old place. And look at this, look. 12 high high-power chargers, 12 medium medium-power chargers, 6 Tesla superchargers, look at that, all the stuff they've got there. Office pods, a G-lounge, why, why you need bicycle parking, not quite sure. Disability access, Wi-Fi, a cafe, 5 washrooms. These are all the things you have to have when you're going to be parked there for a while, isn't it? And it gets worse than that, there was this one. UK's largest EV charging hub opens at the NEC. Oh, blimey, that, that's what we need, these massive charging hubs. Because that's the only way it's going to compete with petrol, where you can fill up in five minutes. If you pull up and all the things are full up, all the charging bays are full up, what do you do? You've got to wait. You could be there hours. So stuff like this. Uh, Look, an electric charging site that can cater for 180 cars simultaneously. That sounds bad. It still doesn't sound like enough to me, but it sounds more like it. But then you read deeper in. Partners say it includes more than 30 DC charging points alongside 150 AC charging stations. So the the DC ones are the ones you want, from what I gather. They're the hot ones. They're the ones that are going to fill you up nice and quick. There's only 30 of them. And that's at the NEC, which is a major hub. And the 150 AC ones are going to be taken up with long-term charging while people are doing something at the NEC or staying overnight in one of the many hotels there. They're all going to be taken up. So it leaves you with, what, 30? It's not enough. But anyway, back to that grid surf thing. So I, the other day, I'm going to talk about my weekend, right? So let's say I, that's what I have to use, right? I don't live in Braintree, obviously, but I went past the other day. I'm going to use this as an example, all right? So I went past that the other day. So let's say I buy a car, an electric car. it have to be a cheap one because they're not cheap, are they? I started off at GridServe. This is the map I came up with, right? I went to the golf range to work on my swing, because I don't know how to do it. So I went from GridServe, I went to Wood and Mortimer Golf Range on the outskirts of Maldon. And then I thought, oh, this is what happened to me. I didn't start at GridServe, obviously, I have not got an electric car. And while I was there, I thought, do you know what, I've got nothing to do this afternoon, I'm going to go see my mum. So I went all the way to Clacton, and then I come back to my home base at GridServe, or near there, which is, you know, the example we're using. So that's 98 miles I did. Some of it on motorways, which, from what I gather, aren't that friendly to electric cars. It hurts your range. You want to be doing 55 or start-stop traffic, don't you? So let's have a look at some of the electric cars. But I've got an email, because I'm in a bath owner. I like my bath. And a couple of months ago, I was trying to find an email. I can't find it now. They sent me an email offering me the first edition of the electric car bath. I thought, oh, nice looking car. I huh? like a bath. That's the sort of thing that would tempt me into it. It was £36,500, I believe, for a Fiat 500 with a 150 mile range. But anyway, I'm an auto trader now. And let's say I've got about 10 grand to spend. It doesn't give you a lot of electric car, but that's the kind of budget I would have. For a car, i have to borrow that. So that leaves you kind of a couple of options. It leaves you with a Nissan Leaf, the Renault Zoe, which is a fine... I've driven a Renault Zoe, I quite like them. But some of them, have, you have to lease the battery. You don't own the battery in your car. So now you've got to pay a monthly fee. I think it's like 30, 35 quid a month just to have a fuel tank in your car. These are the best examples i found, which seem sort of... About, right, what you'd want for 10 grand. So there's a Kia Soul with a 30 kilowatt hour battery. And I've got a Kia Niro. I don't like Kias, but that seems to be where you're going to have to be if you want a cheap electric car that's not a Zoe. With a 64 kilowatt hour battery. So that seems a bit more like it, right? But let's say I bought the cheapest electric car you buy in this country, which currently is a Nissan Leaf. So I'm here, it'll be the first generation Leaf because I'm poor. Let's have a look here, what we get. 30 let's say i've got the 30 kilowatt hour battery there is a lower one it doesn't sound like a lot does it some teslas have 100 kilowatt hour batteries don't they it gives you a range of between 73 oh no hang on i'm on the wrong one 2016 right so 84 to 107 miles depending on conditions so it was a nice warm day so it wouldn't knacker the back it wouldn't sort of you know cold apparently affects these things I would have just about, if I nursed it and worried and panicked, just about made that trip on the weekend. And then i got to plug the thing in. And they don't have very fast chargers, these Nissan Leafs. Not very fast chargers at all. Look, it's 6.6 kilowatts, which on a, how big did we say the battery was? 30 kilowatt hour battery. So 6, 12, 18, 24, five hours to fill it up this is the other thing as well. You look at used ones, right? I don't, I've never had to worry about... You know if you fill a tank up, you're going to get about 300 miles on a car, right? I look at these on Trader As a layman to all this, and I'm sure many electric car people out there are fuming at the minute, but it means nothing to me. right? There's a Leaf here for 10 grand, 30 kilowatt hour, Techno Auto 5-door, only 26,000 miles on it. It's a 17 plate, or 67 plate. Seems like fair dues for 10 grand. I don't know, and it won't tell you in here how long that will take to charge, what the range will be, what the usable part of that thirty kilowatt hour battery is. Is thirty kilowatts good? I don't know. You know, is there a battery warranty? How long is the battery going to last? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, the Kia was the winner here. Where was it? The Kia. It was a Kia Nero, sixty-four kilowatt hour. So this seems like a bit of a winner. I've got the E the Nero EV here, right, where are we? So the 64, it's a liquid-cooled battery, which apparently is better. And the 64 kilowatt-hour version offers 283 miles of real-world range, which I always take with a pinch of salt. So let's say, I don't know, 200. I still could have done that trip twice. That's all right, I have no problem with that, that's all right. 300 miles is about what I get out of the bath. Although it does only take me five minutes to fill the thing back up. But it doesn't matter. We're not talking about that here. It's got the CCS charger at 77 kilowatts. So you can plug it into the hot charger. And how big was how big did, did we say the battery was if it does 77 kilowatts? So less than an hour to fill that battery up. Pretty much. I, mean, I know it slows down the closer to full it gets. And you shouldn't do it past 80. I've, I've read all this and heard all this. I can't have one. As much as I would like to have one, not a Kia, obviously, I can't have one. I can't have one. And they're so expensive. If I was going to have one, it would be a Model 3, I think. How's it going to work? How does it work? I have no idea. Yeah, we're not even close to ready, are we? I like electric cars. I like watching electric cars. I like my car going, right? I'm interested in this sort of thing. I was watching a Johnny Smith one the other day. I like the late break show on here with Johnny Smith. And he had a new Maserati, all-electric Maserati. Good looking thing, I like a Maserati, right? Does it sound right that it should be all-electric when you want the ground of it? it? doesn't matter, it's debatable. It's a grand touring car. But doing the maths on it, a grand tour is designed to cross continents at great speed and great comfort. Right? You couldn't even drive for two hours on a motorway at high motorway speeds without stopping and charging. It's probably going to be an hour and a half hour and three quarters, something like that driving. that's not enough. When I'm crossing the continent, I'm doing four-hour stretches. I drive till the tank's empty, fill up, drive till the tank's empty, fill up. That's what you do. It's not a grand tour, is it? They're just not there. I think they will be there. Will they be there by 2035 is the problem. Now, I spent a lot of time in Spain, didn't I? And I remember I was sitting in a beach bar in Playamar, which is between Torremolinos and Malaga. Nice place, if you ever go near Playamar. It's lovely down there. And um, I'm just sitting there having a beer in the afternoon. And a Tesla Model X, the big honking thing, pulled up. And it was on British plates. And he parked in front of the bar and he came in. So I I struck up a conversation. He seemed like a nice guy. We got talking. And I said to him, that must have been a nightmare, right? He goes, no, no, it's fine. The Tesla charges nice and quick. And, you know, you've got to stop every two, three hours anyway for a wee and a coffee. And it charges up nice and quick. It plans it all for you. Showed me the screen about how it plans the route. With the charging stops and how long you need to be at each one, drama-free. Yeah, I'm all for it. But that's if you've got a hundred grand <laughs> to spend on a Model X. Well, oh, like I the Model Three Long Range or it. What are they? Fifty grand, forty grand, something like that. I don't know. But then they've taken away the main selling point of the Tesla. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to have one. We're just we're not even close. We are not even close, are we? Not even close. Bit of a rant and a bit of a ramble there. I just felt like having a bit of a, bit of a chat about it as that Rishi thing sent it off. Let me know your thoughts on it. Would you have an electric car now? Do you have an electric car now? What one you got? You got charging problems? Do you live in a flat and have an electric car? I think if I had a house with a driveway, I would have an electric car. I would go, well, I couldn't afford one obviously, but it, let's say the money wasn't a problem, I would go and buy a nice electric car, probably a Tesla and park it on my driveway. Charge it every night. It'd be nice to come out in the morning and have a nice full tank of electric, wouldn't it? Go to work, come back, plug it in. No problem. It's not that I do that many long trips. All right. In a flat, no chance. Let me know what you think about it. Comments below. And as always, thanks for watching, and I'll see you in the next one, whenever that will be. Probably tomorrow, though. ta